1: Friends, thank you so much for tuning in another episode of NFT three sixty five. And I know, you know we've been getting some feedback. I know about uh, the last episode, we kind of talked a lot about you know NFT marketing and tried to cover you know what innovative marketing approaches exist here um, in the NFT space. And I think a lot of people were kind of uh, you know gliding onto the fact that you know the communication aspect within NFTs seems to be something that a lot of people want to see more of as far as email newsletters or being aware of things that are happening, oftentimes in the depths of Discord. And I say depth because, you know, any of us that are fully active in these Discords, especially if you have multiple NFTs, it becomes the depth. So we will cover uh, you know, a couple more episodes on uh, kind of the communications best practices and some things that we can do uh, is in regards to marketing uh, our NFT experiences to existing owners, and also those uh, that are you know interested in jumping into the space uh, in the future, and, and so you know, we, for this episode we have another amazing guest spot and one that I am extremely excited about. As not only uh, did I discover Ashley, better known as Board Becky via uh, via the Twitters, and then of course through uh, my good friend uh, Jason Keith put on a a great event called the it was nft fresh uh in the fall but i will say you know as i was kind of uh pinging my audience my community that i back way back it seems like years ago in nft land but all the way back in october uh preparing to head to new york city for the uh nyc nft event uh the person that most people's names were dropping was board becky and so uh ashley i don't know if you know that or not but there were a lot of people uh talking you up and uh you know excited that uh, you were going to be there as well, and and for those that know the origin story, you know, this this podcast was born uh, via that event after you know a discussion with Gary Vinerchuk and uh, and you know some time with Beeple and just the idea of like how do we educate and bring all of you amazing humans with us on this NFT journey and the idea of a daily podcast apparently wasn't enough and so we decided to buy an NFT every single day as well and we are now well into the 80s and so I I feel like we are. Where now it's too late to go back. But that event had a you know a massive you know impact on, you know, I would say, my commitment to this space, but also my realization of of all of the of the diverse, beautiful humans that were brought together in this nFT landscape. And I think for me, that you know not, not only fueled my my love for collaboration, but community. And just bringing different worlds together. And so that's really kind of what part of this conversation will be. And not only kind of that, but also, you know, the really the story of Fame Lady Squad. And, and if you've been listening to every episode of the podcast, first of all, I know that's a lot of fans, though. And I, I appreciate you. And I promise I won't talk in third person that often. But I, I appreciate you listening to every episode of the podcast but I've brought Fame Lady Squad up uh, many, many times across uh, these eighty-some ex- episodes for many reasons, and one of them being, you know, not only uh, the amazing community for welcoming, you know, me in as a cis white male, but also the the community kind of takeover and, and the the beauty of that story and really where uh, Fame Lady Squad was, and then kind of how it was able to uh, reinvent and kind of uh, not only lead the way for so many great communities, but also be kind of a A pillar of what's possible here in this web three arena so with that uh ashley better known as board becky uh i'd love for you to actually before we talk you know fame lady squad and board becky give us a little bit of like your background because i think for a lot of people there's like this you know it's kind of a beautiful thing when we discover that we all did have lives before nft took over them so i will kick it over to you first give us a little bit about your background and then a little bit about how that turned into board becky
0: yeah, so thanks again so much for having me. It's really fun to be here. Um, I hope so much. I know there's some people in the audience that I recognize. I know some people will know our story and my story, but I'm going to speak to an audience that may not may not know that story. So um, yeah, I'm mid to late 30s, <laughs> living in Canada, Vancouver, and my background's in real estate. I um, became a realtor reasonably young. I think I was 23 or so when I first Started my career. Um, and pretty early on, I kind of took the leap into what we call like quote unquote leadership. So I sit on boards and, um, really kind of found an interest in governance and organizational governance. And that's something that, you know, for a lot of people probably sounds really boring, but it really is the step one of how I got into NFTs. So, um, And the reason I say that, I I mean, obviously I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm very interested in marketing, especially the type of business that I have. Um, that, that's how I was introduced to Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, you know, he, he's done the speaker circuit at many real estate conferences and, and I, I got into, you know, listening to his podcast and the regular and all of that stuff. Um, but from the sort of leadership and governance perspective, um, been thinking a lot about just innovation and sort of, um, industry, industry disruption, uh, and blockchains. a topic, uh, that has come up now for quite a few years. Um, something that I didn't fully understand, um, at, I still don't fully understand, frankly, but I, I understand a lot more now. Um, but I knew that, you know, anything where there is a middleman, any time there's a transaction, there's an opportunity for the blockchain. Um, and then, of course, on top of that, uh, thinking about the cryptocurrency landscape um, when dealing with uh, big transactions such as real estate and the regulatory stuff that kind of can get in the um I was about to say get in the way. That's kind of how it feels right now is that sort of the regulatory environment slowing what could be a really fast-moving train in some of these other uh, environments. But anyhow, um, so when Gary V had started talking about his NFT project, I just, um, you know, had been invested enough in him and understanding kind of his background and understanding where um, just... <laughs> You know, his fingers on the pulse with a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I followed a lot of his advice when it came to like Web 2.0 and social media. And before I fell down the NFT rabbit hole, uh, you would have found me on TikTok and diving into all of that fun stuff. Um, and and when he started talking about NFTs, I just figured this is the time I really need to listen because I, I do want to better understand. I don't come from an IT background, um, but I want to figure out, You know what is this world going to mean for me from my sort of totally real estate lens and and uh, industry lens, Um, and and that's that's really how I got to where I am now is just that curiosity of um, where this world may be headed. Um, I did end up buying my first cryptocurrency in order to buy my first NFT last May. So I, it's been a crazy year and it's gone by so fast um but still quite the noob over here um and yeah i bought my first v friend and from then onward i went down the rabbit hole joined the discords and and joined nft twitter um i was very fortunate to find board at yacht club very 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 early on um and then of course the fame lady squad uh project was introduced to me and that's for everything Kind of changed <laughs> for me in my daily life. I,
1: I love that, and, and I, I love that you you kind of brought the the blockchain in. And even its impact, you know, there in the real estate space, especially, and and that's actually we have we share that kind of uh, entry point. And and for me, I you know I've been talking blockchain on stages since 2014, and a lot of it really you know there was a lot of you know real estate events that that I was speaking at, and there was also a lot of you know I would say financial sector uh, events, and then some regulated events as well. And I love that you kind of brought up that kind of journey, right? And and it's you know there's no surprise that so many of us uh, you know were influenced by uh, by Gary, not only. You know, social media Web 2, but also uh, into Web 3. And and for yesterday's episode, I actually went back and found kind of the tweet that kind of spurred my realization that, you know, the the mocking that I was doing of NFTs uh, about a year ago right now, I think I was kind of making a fun of this idea of expensive JPEGs. And it was the, that first week of February that uh, one one thirty seven p m put out a, a blog post that really uh, transformed my understanding of wait wait a second they're using the blockchain in the way that I looked at it versus cryptocurrencies uh, kind of you know strategic wise but I will say like i didn't um, i didn't jump in i I've told the story before I had you know my eth in my wallet to pull the trigger on on V friends, and unfortunately, decided to spend that ETH on uh, something else that to this day no one will even remember because it doesn't exist. So it was a mistake I made, and then you just you mentioned you're kind of discovering Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, in the in that May timeframe. So I love that kind of that kind of piece of it, and so I'm curious. You know, before we get into the Fame Lady Squad story part, the board Becky, you know, pseudonym, the, the using that as your, you know, kind of Twitter. You know, I for many years, twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, most people didn't know my first name uh, because Brian to me was so common. I was known by Fanzo growing up, but my the I social fans became kind of my brand. It was how I was introduced to people. It was kind of like my world. And funny enough, like I kind of took a different approach into NFTs where I went uh more under, uh, most people know as Fanzo, but I'm curious the board Becky name, like how did that come to life and and kind of how, how did you kind of lean into that kind of uh pseudonym as far as, you know, representing?
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't know many people would know who board Becky is. So I'll just preface this <laughs> saying that I thought this was just kind of my way of going about, you know, the internet <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know I'd have such a platform. But um, it actually, again, stems back to my experience, like sitting on boards. In 2019, 2020, I was um, president of my organization at the time. So I was chair of the board and I was media spokesperson. And if if for anybody who knows about real estate in Vancouver, that's like the hot topic all the time, all day, every day. There's huge housing affordability issues. Um, There's huge... um, Uh, There was a, like, two-year-long investigation by the government into this money laundering um, kind of concern, and it all stems around affordability. Um, And so I just realized I, as this sort of semi-public figure, couldn't be out uh, you know, playing around and learning about the world of NFTs and being like Ashley Smith. <laughs> I, I wasn't really so concerned about being anonymous. I just was feeling it wouldn't be appropriate, um, especially knowing the types of conversations around, you know, NFTs where a lot of the same, you know, concerns can come up, like money laundering, tax evasion, all this kind of stuff. Um, I just didn't think it would be appropriate to be kind of walking around this space as myself. Um and, and I just wanted a way to be able to let loose a little bit and, uh, you know, have a little fun and be less censored and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, that's what initially sort of prompted it a little bit. And then, of course, when I bought my Ape, um, The thing that struck me was that you owned the intellectual property and commercial rights Um, and that's something that I thought was really really interesting and that's what intrigued me enough to spend it was I I didn't get quite in in May I I can't remember Um, I bought Becky for about five thousand dollars Canadian at the time which um, at the time felt crazy ridiculous uh, but it was still far less expensive than another V friend, which is what I was really going for so um I just thought you know this is kind of cool um I I've always wanted to play around with you know some fun things online to put some of my marketing stuff to work and and really not I say a side hustle but more just for fun I'm like oh Becky can have a merch shop and she can have this and and I thought I need to name her um and so I really just was like, well, it needs to start with the B. Uh, it needs to have the alliteration. Needs to be bored something. And I, I kind of had this idea of like, my ape is going to be this like satirical elder millennial like ape influencer on the internet. So I just gave her a name that I thought would be like the name of a girl in a mall in the nineties. <laughs> so that's that's literally how bored Becky was born. And before I officially named her, I just double checked that I could buy the URL. Like I didn't even know about the, you know, um web three domains yet so I just bought like boardbecky.com and started my twitter account when I first bought her I went into the ape discord and they're like you know what's your ape what does she do who are you on twitter I'm like I don't know so that kind of you know in a day I decided I'm gonna be Becky from now on I guess and uh not, never really looked back and I'm quite pleased that that happened that way so
1: I love that I, and I love that origin story I think there's something. There's something kind of like beautiful about how that kind of like uh, begins to take on its own, you know, uh, its own world, its own life. Uh, and I, I love how, you know, early on, you were one of the first that I, you know, had seen that were using kind of your ape over overlapped your, you know, IRL photos. And uh, and I, for me, it was kind of like a, a neat way of kind of you know crossing over the the two worlds between you know online uh, and offline. And I also love that you know it was. You know, you decided not to have you know to jump in on the, the V friend because it was more expensive than the uh, the board ape at the time, and now that looks like a, a really uh, really smart choice in the long run. Although V friends, of course, is also a great choice. And I will say, like you know, one of the things that you know I've when I've been going through you know collections or talking with others, and when I see uh, you know an ape or even other car- other projects that have used similar uh, you know ape uh, properties. Uh, whenever I see that red hair with the with the kind of the ponytail, I, I kind of refer to it as that's the board Becky look, right? You've almost uh, you've almost coined that as as one that's had that as a profile photo, as a you know kind of uh, kind of staple for your brand, and I, I think that's such a I think that's such an important aspect for those that are in this space and those that are new to this space, right? The idea that you know you don't have to use the, the pseudonym or you have to use you know your alias to hide in many cases it can also be something that kind of is born into and that you're leading into um, here in web 3 and I'm kind of the opposite side where I change my profile photo in every Twitter space that I enter to support the projects that I'm a part of and uh, I have kind of taken that on like the, the flip side of it and so I love that you kind of talked you you know, V friends uh, bored apes and then you kind of discovered uh, the fame lady squad and kind of walk us through through you know that because i've told the story a little bit from from what i know of the story uh, i i do you know I, I did listen to a couple episodes of your podcast as well kind of getting at that narrative but i think for especially for our audience you know when we hear about like you know a communities you know taking over a project or a community has the opportunity to take over there really isn't like it's hard to kind of wrap our head around like what does that look like and in many cases you had you were doing all of these other things at the time i can imagine that wasn't like kind of the plan going into uh buying an nft and then all of a sudden you know being one of, of three co-founders so talk us through a little bit about like you know you don't have to you can share whatever details you you prefer but how did that all kind of go down and, and kind of how did you like kind of come together and, and lean on kind of relaunching it together
0: yeah thank you well it started with Um, I mean, all of us now on the team kind of have our own little origin story, how we found Fame Ladies Squad. And for myself, um, I just remember it coming out on launch and just getting a lot of hype and a lot of attention because it was, you know, the first of its kind as this like, you know we're we're 8888 uh pieces in the collection but let's call it 10k style generative collection um it was the first of its kind with you know all women uh characters um the art was really cool um, I, I just really resonated with me. I hadn't done a lot of minting, um, you know, at this point. Um, and frankly, still, I I don't do a lot of minting. Um, I tend to wait and see, but I, I had, you know, realized I had made a couple really good choices with some of my first, um, NFTs, which were, you know, V Friends and some, uh, some apes. And, um, yeah. So I just felt like I was in a position where I could take little risk, do the mint. I liked the art. I liked the story. It was also positioned as the first all-female team in the space. So, you know, uh, developer, artist, marketer, all that. And it was just really exciting, as many of you who were in the space may know, you know, in the summer, Um there just wasn't a lot of representation in the artwork in these collectibles types of projects. Um, and so with that in and of itself was enough to intrigue me. Now, I'll be honest. I remember even like tweeting at somebody like this could be some guy in his mom's basements claiming to be uh, a woman. Right. But you know, behind this project and I was comfortable basically not knowing The truth, like at this time, it wasn't that common for teams to be what we call doxed um, and people knowing who who they are. Um, Yeah, so I and the other thing, actually, frankly, what spoke to me uh, about Fame Lady Squad besides thinking that it being the first of its kind and I like the art, um, I also. Thought that uh, it was pretty cool because you also, as a holder of the NFT, would own the IP rights to the NFT. And I really had had so much fun playing around with Becky. um, And I felt that the art for Bait Fame Lady Squad would really lend itself to. Um, playing around with the art and derivatives and that sort of a thing. I just felt the art was very simple and clean and um, recognizable, even if you changed it up, if that makes sense. I just kind of looked ahead and thought, that seems like a good bet. Anyhow, so minted some ladies and then um, ended up uh, picking and choosing some that I liked on secondary market, um, you know, over the first kind of day or two. And uh, the project had sold out. The founders made 1.5 million U.S. dollars, like, overnight. Um, And, you know, uh, over the course of about a month, the project kind of gained steam at first. And then it started to kind of lose steam. And a lot of it um, felt like the founders were kind of MIA. They were not very engaged. um, And so there was some frustration at the time around that, I recall, from the community generally. But what was really neat was a lot of the people in the community, people who bought into the project were really there because they loved the idea of like really supporting women and female representation in in NFTs. So it it was a project that was a lot of people's first NFTs maybe because of the timing. um, And also a lot of men who gifted women in their lives their first NFTs. So people were just really excited about the project despite Um, some of what felt like slacking uh, and lack of communication from the team. Um, And it turns out fast forward, um, someone did some blockchain sleuthing and discovered that uh, the founders were connected to a bunch of other projects. So, um, you know, that was likely the reason these guys were kind of missing in action uh, because they had so much going on. Um, they, you know, building projects, launching them and probably making a ton of money. Um, and anyways, with that, it was proposed that these guys were probably not the women they claimed to be. Um, and eventually, uh, they ended up admitting that that was the case, that they they had kind of positioned themselves in a way that they thought would be beneficial for the project. Um, it, it was quite a big story at the time. There was a big Twitter spaces, and um, I was getting text messages and pings like, sell your fame, ladies, because this was all happening. And um, I know that, you know, the other people uh, like Data and um, NFT Ignition who were on the... Um, who were part of our, our team leadership team, they were getting similar messages and going through similar experience. Um, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, I think part of the reason I ended up being involved the way I am today is I decided to start a new discord, um, that, that very day that this all came out just suggesting like, Hey, Let's get the community together. Don't know what's really gonna happen. But the previous Discord was just on fire and super toxic. And it just frankly is not the type of place where I like to spend my time. I just wasn't I I, I didn't feel there was value in spending the energy. Um in <laughs> I don't know. Um Going down that rabbit hole of like, who, why are these guys doing this, et cetera? I was mostly thinking, you know, what can we do? What can we do to elevate the spirit of the community? Um, And fortunately, like data right away helped me get this discord together because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, He suggested immediately, like we need to bring in NFT Ignition, who I kind of known from a distance, but not in any real way. So luckily um, he knew her, which is amazing because she's such um, an OG in this space and understands kind of all the ins and outs. Um, And we got a crew together and Fast Don't Lies in the um, audience. And he's actually an official like fourth uh, member of our leadership team team now but he's been in since the very beginning and we we grabbed um a few people that have been quite active and just got on zoom like that day basically and said what can we do like we were thinking about maybe dropping an nft like like can we get someone to donate and like, like create something beautiful that we can send to people just to make them feel like, you know, don't, uh, this space isn't all just about greed. Like there's opportunity here and, and the community matters. And anyways, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And, um, uh, it, it, everything in like transpired so quickly within probably 24 to 48 hours. Art chick, digital art chick who, uh, is quite well known in this space Uh, was also very, very prominent back then. Like I would say the most prominent female kind of um, figure in NFT Twitter kind of publicly demanded, like give us the smart contract for the project um, or give this, you know, give the contract to the community. And so um, just because of everything that had happened, that's kind of the sequence of events. Um, They, they decided they would give the, um, smart contract to the community and kind of ended up with me given just the things that had kind of happened a couple days before that. So all very random. Um, been a very interesting journey ever since. I do get a lot of questions about this whole idea of community takeover uh, and, you know, how to do it. And I would say that, um, you know, it's not something that I would Encourage a lot of people to consider, (laughs) Um, and and but beyond all that, like that smart contract ownership is is fundamental, and I just don't think that that type of situation is going to come up very often. Um, But unless you can get ownership over that smart contract for the entire project, it's like it's a deal breaker, right? Because you need to be able to control. You need access to the met- metadata. You need to be able, you know, looks rare opens up. You need to be able to claim the project. Like you want to get royalties so you can invest in in the future and all of that stuff. So um getting that smart contract was instrumental. Like we wouldn't be here today. We would have followed through with creating a pretty NFT to send to everyone so they, you know, felt that there was still value in hanging around in NFTs, especially if it was their first NFT. Um so yeah, that's
1: so, that's really how we got here. And so I, I love that. I mean, there's so much that is just I mean, amazing on that story. Also, you know the the amount of people that took a leadership role without you know waiting for someone to you know kind of tap them on the shoulder and say this is your time to lead. And I think you know with you know Archick doing that, that role and, and Data NFT as well. And and I will say like I remember being in a, in a clubhouse room um, around kind of the time as that as the massive Twitter space that went on. And I remember people coming into that room and saying hey, if you support, you know, women and NFTs, you need to jump over to this Twitter space. And for those that are listening back then, uh, not only were Twitter spaces like brand new, but also just kind of like the NFT landscape was such a, a different world. But there was also like this kind of like tight knit uh, aspect of like, you don't screw over your own. But I think there's some also context here that I think sometimes people miss. You got the smart contract, But they didn't hand you over the millions of dollars they made or even the social media accounts. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. So they made all that uh, capital up front and they got that. Um, We did get the royalties immediately, of course, when we took it over. Um, The royalties at the time were only two and a half percent, which was quite low um, and re- frankly, should have been. I think they initially launched the project with zero percent royalties. Uh, that should have been <laughs> a red flag right there. Like they weren't planning to like nurture this as their baby, right? Like yep. So they had raised it to two and a half percent with, um, from what I like vaguely recall, the community suggesting. And then when we took it over, um, I don't remember how long in. It wasn't right away, but soon enough, the community did. Um, you know, suggest like, let's get those royalties up to 5%. So you're actually working with something. Um, and then, of course yeah, so everything's been very volunteer volunteer driven. Um, we are looking at like paying our team. we have paid our team one time. Um, we're actually overdue to pay our team again. Um, and I think that we're now in a position where things looking forward are gonna look a lot more um, comfortable. Um, and we did of course have two really amazing. Um, donations from two projects that we hold so dear to our hearts the boss beauties uh, who donated 5% of their launch proceeds to fame lady squad. Um, and also our friends at boring stone NFT um, who donated 10% of their launch proceeds um, to fame lady squad. So those two donations were um, pretty significant uh, and, and really um, put gave us a, a ground to stand on, a firm ground to stand on. And um, also, frankly, I, I, you know, emotionally, um, we just felt very supported and validated and felt like, okay, the community believes in this. And we did have so many people volunteering their time and ideas to us early on. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do it without their help. Uh, but that really made such a big difference. And and now we're looking at new ways to like monetize, um, because, you know, future growth is really important to us. So, um, you know, we can't, we all can't work for free forever, uh, but we need to be able to hire people. Like we want to, you know, um. I know I've mentioned this now a um, couple times, a little alpha in some chats I've had, but you know, we're bringing an artist on board um, in residence and like there's, we want to be able to have really good people that we, we can rely on to do cool things for us. So um yeah, it's been crazy. What was the second part of what you said
1: Well, so I think the, so part of that, you know, I think with the idea that you have to, you know, kind of, you had to take all of this on, but, you know, I found some of the tweets, you know, here in the, you know, recording this live on Twitter spaces from back in August, you know, and I think it's such an interesting thing to kind of, I love Twitter advanced search because I could go into doing some research earlier today and kind of just dive in a little bit to, you know, some of the narrative then, right? Like when things were, you know, people were kind of saying, you know, you know, sell your Fame lady and then you know kind of when it gets resurrected you know there, there is something about when you're the the first to do something not only as like one of the first you know women uh character collections but then one that is kind of like exposing the fact that you know just because it's Web three and the blockchain is transparent does not mean that the actors that are using the blockchain and that are playing in the NFT space are transparent or that aren't you know in there for those you know early money grabs or just identifying you know a gap and then kind of hiding behind uh, you know something that, that is not only not okay but I think it, it kind of puts a a little bit of a black eye on, on things and I remember. You know, feeling like, wow, you know, just the fact that if this community stays alive for a couple of months, you know, and, and kind of proves to people that it is kind of the power of the people. I think that's such a a powerful uh kind of example. And I, you know, I first, you know, kind of heard about Fam Ladies, but it wasn't really until that, you know, October when I got to hear your interview and I remember I think I was maybe halfway through the interview and I I was like, I'm in. I'm I'm going to I'm going to buy my first one and I remember buying it and jumping in uh to the community with, you know, a warm reception. And I will say, you know, we we had uh M from uh Crypto Chicks on the podcast uh a couple episodes ago. We have uh, some members of of the Boss Beauties team as well that we've reached out to for coming on the podcast and you know I do love you know, not only that collaborative nature, but a lot of, you know, the the favorite of, you know, kind of talking it up from not only, you know, women in NFTs, but, you know, community growth and community, um, you know, kind of expansion. But at the same time, I mean, you could not be more behind the eight ball <laughs> coming into like that fall. And then, of course, we have like kind of the November, December timeframe where, you know, not only did NFT launches go from easily selling out to oh, wait a second, there needs to be more, you know, things behind there. And, you know, I I think for me, I will say that, you know, when we launched this project and and I've taken, you know... I, I've been very blessed, you know, part of, you know, not only as a girl dad, but as someone that has always, you know, tried my best to, you know, understand my role and understand, you know, how to use my influence. I will say the welcome that I got into Fame Lady Squad when I you know did mint that um, in October, you know, when we launched into this project where we're buying an NFT every single day, you know, one of the first couple of projects that launched was, you know, the Alpha Girl Club and then Women Rise. And I remember minting those for our project and they didn't initially mint out. And I remember people kind of coming around and having, you know, asking me like, "Brian, did you pick the right one? Or how does that work?" And, and for me, I kept kind of leaning that back into that Fame Lady Squad, you know, welcome that I got in that community. But seeing so much of that, like kind of like uh, unity and growth, and I think that's something that is kind of a, a beautiful uh, essence that we're seeing come much more to light. You know, fast forward to January, twenty twenty two. But, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, that the, you know, now that you've, you know, the, hey, the, the takeover kind of happened, you've been able to pay the team once, you were able to add some, uh, you know, some ways of bringing kind of money into the community based on, you know, secondary sales. But there's also, you know, from there, it's like, oh, well, how do I, you know, redefine a roadmap? How do I think about this beyond even like the initial collection? You mentioned that bringing in a, an artist in, in residence, you know, I, I feel like there there's something, like beautiful about like community born and community driven. But at the same time, when you're when, you know, other projects have a much larger budget and much more, you know, they've kind of entered the, uh, you know, the I'd say the ecosystem um, in a way where, you know, maybe they were getting some of that initial kind of publicity or fame uh, and pun intended. I'm curious, like as you look back now over that like fall time period, like what are some of the like the the like critical points of Fame Lady Squad through that fall that allowed you to kind of get to today? Because. I mean, it's amazing that that, that so many of you, st- st- you know, stepped up for this opportunity, but there's also something to be said of like, that's not only a ton of new work and a lot of new pressure, but that's also like evolving and having to almost rebuild and, and kind of relaunch, but doing it because you care about the community. So love to hear just like your take on like how that fall went and maybe some of the things that were you know critical on that journey.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I think... Getting to New York, going to nFT NYC that was pivotal. Um, it was really important for those of us involved, I think, to get out of our little vacuum and uh, step out and meet people in real life and tell our story um, and and be heard and get to get a sense of like what people know or don't know about the project., uh, so that was really neat because i we all kind of get caught up in our little bubbles. Um, and even even on Twitter, like you're kind of in the bubble that you know, right? Um, so having that opportunity to meet people and um, having our first meetup and people telling us how important um, the resurrection or relaunch of Fame Lady Squad was, that really drove us, I think. And, and also, a fir- like we just felt a sense like we were moving in the right direction. It's the, the, the NFT marketplace is so funny because it moves so fast and it can be very emotional, like the ups and downs of, you know, having a really good day of sales and, and prices and maybe like a few good rare ladies have sold and you feel really like, okay, things are happening. And then, you know, there was a, a few dry periods that I know a lot of projects were going through um, towards the end of the year. Um, and you're just like, trying to figure out what it's all going to mean kind of from the macro side of things. Um, I I know that like when we did the relaunch um, we did a very low hanging fruit roadmap um, because we, we wanted to showcase some direction for the community and we wanted to engage the community um, and figure out what would be important for them, um, you know, for us to focus our time and limited resources on. Um, And I think Community engagement mattered so much through the whole thing. Um, And our core people have just stuck around and like been so happy to be there and so positive and so supportive and really believed and still believe, um, you know, in the mission and why we're here and why we You know, it just it feels like we're all here not just because we want to save our bags. You know what I mean? Like I think that's one of the things that naturally happens in the NFT space. Um, I think we lost a lot of those people kind of naturally through attrition, as like the market kind of figured out what it wanted to do with Fame Lady Squad when everything went down um, earlier on. And so we just had a lot of like hardcore people, um, and that mattered. And then being able to kind of get outside and start telling our story to new audiences um, and start connecting the dots with some real life connections and network building network. Um, It's just felt like we're building something Um, and going to where, like we launched our podcast from the blockchain um, towards the end. I don't recall exactly when, but um, you know, end of November maybe. And that was kind of the final thing on our relaunch roadmap. Um, And that to me felt like just, the beginning, like getting that podcast where we're really looking to like speak to a broader audience, um, obviously help empower our community. But, um, really our, our mission is to empower women, um, in, in web three and NFTs and, and bring kind of some of the opportunities to the masses and, and, and that's just really getting rolling. I think we just, um, dropped our eighth episode. It's kind of comes out weekly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's there's also been, of course, January. This momentum of um, supporting women in NFTs and all these women-led and women-focused projects. Like we've definitely seen um, the benefit of that. Um, and what I think beyond that, what we've seen is this kind of almost more significant factor of people coming. Back to projects, yep. like um, you know, and to your point, like there's really amazing projects that did not sell out, that finally sold out, and now are soaring, like Women Rise, right? Like, yep. and I, I think, um, and you can see what Boss Beauties is doing right now, um, and they've just been hard at work for months and months and months, and we're not getting, you know, probably the recognition that they deserved, and I think that what's happening in the space are people are starting to look at these collectible projects as more than just the JPEG and a potential to flip. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that people are seeing that Fame Lady Squad is, you know, belongs in that category. We're grinding and we're looking to bring value to, um, you know, not only our community, but beyond our community. Like we want, we feel like Fame Lady Squad is very symbolic and representative of like, um, what this space can be. So, um, I, th- I think the, the, NFT market is maturing a little bit and um it gives me a lot of hope. <laughs>
1: uh, you know and I and I love that I think that's such an important point too for everyone listening as well right not only is it maturing but there are a lot of projects that simply reap the benefit of you know launching in the summer and like almost instantly selling out without kind of recognizing what was next or understanding where that was going and then you kind of had to make it into the fall right and i think you know the evolution of how you know projects have kind of had to lean into actually executing not just talking about things that you could you were uh going to execute and i love the 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 podcast for those i will make sure those that are listening here on this podcast uh you know the best way you discover podcasts is then you listen to a podcast uh others talk about podcasts so we'll include the link to the podcast here uh in the show notes i've listened to i believe five or six of the episodes uh i love the take i love the back. Forth. I also love that you kind of approached it from the blockchain perspective, right? Because I don't think uh, there's enough conversations coming at it from that side, especially enough conversations um, from women-led projects uh, like yours as well. And I will say, you know, I, I've shared here on the podcast. There's a there's a handful of my NFTs that went directly to my hardware wallet uh, because they will not be flipped. They're not ones that I, I plan on, uh, you know, kind of taking out of my wallet. And I remember Fame Lady Squad, the one that I that I ended up getting after that interview, was one of those as well. And I think part of it for those that are listening right now. And I think, you know, for me, like I, I questioned, you know, like how is Fame Lady Squad not getting kind of the re- respect and the, you know, the, the kind of ride that I believe they deserve. And I'm not speaking uh, for the team there, but it's more from a standpoint of, you know, I think we're also learning, this idea of like supporting community and recognizing those that are paving the way for where we are today in so many you know, ways, and I will say for for part of this podcast and really the idea that we 're minting an nft or we 're buying a nft project that 's in the mint phase every single day was I also looked at this as a kind of a time capsule from November to November of the nft space and i will say like thinking about it like wow would it have been cool to have that time capsule from july uh to july uh, of the last year and kind of a lot of those things that were going on and and i also like that you kind of recognized or uh, you kind of mentioned the the new york event because you know i don't know if i go to, if i don't go to new york well i know for a fact if i don't go to new york this podcast doesn't exist and a lot of the things that we're working on now doesn't exist but i don't know if i end up leaning in as heavy on nfts probably until the start of the new year. I think I kind of looked at a lot of the things that were going on and so much, you know, happening. And so I, I say that, you know, just for all those that are listening and, and you know, the importance of like in real life events, which also happens to be, you know, one of our sponsors of the podcast, which is the Creator Economy Expo. And the Crater Economy Expo is happening May second in Phoenix, Arizona. It is actually founded by Joe and Brian, two uh, good friends of mine, two leaders and pioneers in the NFT space or in the marketing space, content marketing space, creator marketing space. Uh, The founder of you know the the Tilt uh, newsletter magazine as well as the Tilt Coin over on Rally. And they're actually offering $200 off your event pass if you use code uh, NFT365. And they're also minting a never-ending ticket series so it gets you VIP access to every creator Economy Expo that is moving forward. And I've had the luxury for many, many years to speak at their events in the past uh, in, a, in a different world and different life and uh, always a great time. And, and I just think that's such an important you know factor here is, you know is I'm a big believer and I will say it, as many episodes as we need to hear it, right. Like that, no, you know, nothing that we do technically online will replace that importance of that handshake or that hug or that selfie, you know, offline. But if we invest in people and conversations and projects and community, you know, we have the opportunity to f- discover new people and turn new handshakes into hugs and, and expand kind of what's possible. But it also kind of gives you a, a feeling of what, you know, what, what everything means. And I, I will say like, you know, for those that weren't there in New York, you know the the amount of you know times that Fame Lady Squad was kind of mentioned on stage was probably you know more than most people even realized because a lot of it was kind of led into the idea. That you know there are you know there there are going to be things that are going to you know bad actors that are going to be in play, but there are also is going to be opportunities for people you know like Archik to kind of step up and use her influence and, and her you know uh you know visibility to kind of demand uh, for that smart contract and when you hear people talking about projects and and things that are going on, and you know you question. The role of community. I would challenge everyone that's listening to this. If you believe in that part of community, you believe that you know community can reset a lot of the things that are possible. You know, get yourself a Fame Lady Squad. Uh, go get yourself one of the NFTs. And it is not financial advice, but I am speaking uh, from experience. And I will tell you that you know on the floor there are some. Uh, amazing ones. I, I love pink. And so pink is uh, usually in a lot of mine. So I think I'm going to end up sweeping one of the, the one of the ones with the pink long hair off the floor uh, tonight by the end of the night. And I, I will say I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry for those that are listening that also are going to do what I did uh, back in October and during the interview, uh, end up jumping in and getting yourself a Fame Lady Squad. So um, with that being said, I'm curious, you know, You've been in, you know, part of V Friends, part of, uh, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club. So you kind of have not only you know two uh, amazing blue chip communities that you're a part of, and and you know, kind of the staple of where this space has gone. But you've also been like, you know, I, I think this is also like important context for our listeners. You're like, this is less than a year, right? A year ago today, these these things didn't exist. And I think, you know, one of the the things that I would love to you know just you know learn from you or, or just for you to share. When you look at like the evolution of the NFT space, could you share kind of like how you feel not only as as a woman but also as a leader in the space on a project that kind of is looked at as kind of resetting the bar in kind of a new genre? How do you look at the evolution that we've seen like up to the, to now and even, you know, leaning forward?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I I do think that there was a lot of excitement early on as the kind of exposure around NFTs start happening, especially you know this summer, um, and a lot of people make a lot of money. And good for, and by that that I mean you know project founders, etc. And I'm really talking about this collectibles environment. Um, and you know people were kind of going, just moving fast and making it happen. Um, may or may not have had a plan. Like I think that's what's happened with a lot of projects that are being called rugs. Is maybe the people behind these projects have just burnt out cause they didn't really know what they were signing themselves up for. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to like shame people who moved fast and were innovative, but I do think that, um, the future of NFTs, um, Are really going to, and some of the best, you know, NFTs that are yet to be seen are going to be ones where people are marrying this, um, this blockchain environment with some real world businesses, real world access, real world. I, I know we all hate the word utility, but people who are like seeing things that they know might add value to people's lives and incorporating nfts where i think a lot of the nft space not not exclusively but many of the projects right now are kind of starting with the nft and then trying to figure out what kind of utility can be added (laughs) to make it valuable um and so i'm really curious to kind of see that evolution as it happens and and um and I think it's also going to bring new people into the space where like not everyone's looking to day trade. Not everybody's looking to just flip and make money. Like people will buy things because they'll do something for them, whatever that may mean. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, and I do I do think it's going to be neat to see which collectible projects kind of end up making it through and are relevant in the next, you know, three, five 10 years and like what they do so I know for us like I, I still see kind of the primary um, value and Fame Lady Squad is really the the IP and and we focus um, we're working on some things in the background like how can we elevate what Fame Lady Squad means to culture like uh, from a broader perspective, so people who own their Fame Ladies um, feel like there's really neat opportunities, things that they can do, ways that they can create utility for themselves, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and I, I know we're still um, going to be doing other fun things as well, kind of in between. But from a very high level, um, strategically speaking, like you know, for Fame Ladies Squad or any project to matter, like that, that, that bigger picture, um, piece, I I think bringing out, um, I, I hate to use the word brand, but just awareness beyond just NFT collectors. <laughs> like, yep. why should people care? <laughs> and uh, so that's what, one of the things we spend a lot of time thinking about. And I mean, you look at a project like Boss Beauties, um, who I'm obviously a big fan of for a variety of reasons, like they're mission driven, right? And it means something. It means something they're doing things, but it also has it's built, they're building, building cultural significance. Um, you know, so I, I don't think we underestimate that. And I think when we talk about community and NFTs, um, you know, there's the micro and the macro part of that, like for us, like, you know, getting into our discord and getting to know the individuals, that's the micro, the macro is more about, um, you know the the community at large like just having an understanding like what is your ethos what are you doing why are you here and,
1: you know and i love you know i just want to say i think i think that's such an important aspect of this as well right the idea of you know kind of looking at what where these kind of you know these different projects kind of play a role and and for those that listen to the podcast regularly they know that i i stress a lot on the importance of taking ownership of of your, the NFTs that you are holding, but also with the, that ownership, also comes your responsibility of what you're going to do, then to market or to talk about the project or to you know leverage the IP in a way that you know makes most sense for you know you individually. And I and I think for a, a lot of people, I think part of this you know discussion also has to be on. know, kind of like setting that foundation. And I think we are seeing kind of hopefully emerge now towards much more, you know, much less projected utility, a lot more actual utility in the sense of what people are willing to, you know, actually execute on. Um, And also understanding that not everything has to have the same level of utility or um, direct, you know, action to be valuable. And I think that is, um, you know, something that I I think we're going to continue to see emerge. I feel there are some projects now that people are looking back on and recognizing recognizing that, you know, if it wasn't for that project, this project probably wouldn't exist. And if, you know, I I would, you know, I'll throw it out there just from a, you know, a overall NFT community. Like what if Fame Lady Squad isn't able to get back that that actual smart contract? And what if that ends up being a great story that ended in a story where they weren't able to get the contract, weren't able to kind of move forward. And it, it almost not only uh, kind of forces us to question uh, those that we are spending money and our time within these, you know, NFT projects. But it also kind of is a is a dims a light also on women led projects and women uh, projects that are the art is are women. And I think that is such an important aspect in this entire conversation. And so I, I would I the the last kind of question I had, and we'll, I know we'll open up to the couple of questions here to uh, the audience that's watching or listening on the live Twitter space. I'm curious from, you know, I, I didn't want to to me that there's so much that you've been able to make happen. I love, you know, the collaborative aspect. I also love, you know, where this project ha- has come and I think, you know, when we when we get back to this summertime this upcoming summer and being able to reflect in a in a full year of where NFTs have kind of come and gone and I know they've been around a lot longer than that, but in the sense of, you know, some of the the adoption rate that we've seen I'm curious from your standpoint you know you mentioned like if if someone has that opportunity to be you know community takeover that you're not always like you're not going to like fully recommend it. I say the same thing about doing a daily podcast. I think it's it's been amazing. It's it's been something that I had no idea how impactful it would be, but I also had no idea how much work and how much you know it would actually put on me from a podcast perspective as well as buying an nFT every day and you know I'm very lucky we brought on a team now from mile 62 and we have some sponsors that have, have kind of made a lot of this come to life but yeah I'm like yeah I'm not sure I could recommend doing a daily podcast it's a, especially an evergreen one where my goal is that all of this content lives on for many many months and years but versus kind of a, a daily news show which I think if if I was if I was gonna be asked to, I probably would have done that all over Again. But I, I have to ask just from, you know, Ashley, from, you know, I'm a, a dad of three daughters. My daughter is 12. Uh, I loved seeing uh, the Girlies NFT project launched the other day, which was a, a dad daughter project with the artist being a 14 year old. And she just, you know, the story behind. Uh, her art and the project, I thought was, you know, a beautiful thing. And I'm curious, you know, as someone that, you know, you've been in the space a lot longer than many of us and a lot longer than uh, many of our listeners, you know, how, how has your take and your experience been as a, as a woman and a, as a woman leader in this space? And how would you kind of, you know, maybe give some thoughts on that? Because I think there is kind of a, you know, there's some, either they'll become rumors or there'll be, you know, uh, some bad apples and bad things that, that are happening. And and I I believe as a community, we have a long way to go to to lift each other up and to you know, unite behind, you know, all of us being able to kind of reimagine the future. But I think it's also important to kind of uh, recognize like where we've come. And so I'd just love to hear your take on that. And then we'll kind of uh, wrap it up for some questions. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, honestly, my experience has just been mostly wonderful at least as, you know as a woman from that perspective um, people have been ninety nine percent like super supportive and I've met so many people that I now would consider dear friends um because of this space and what's been really neat is you know, I'm obviously a nerd at heart. that's why I'm here. <laughs> so um it's it's been really cool to connect with so many, like, strong, creative, powerful women that are doing cool things in this space. Um, and generally, like, I just find everybody very supportive and and wanting to lift, you know, one another up. I think sometimes what we see um, kind of more just, uh, like, from a commentary side, like, people will... Um, you know, which is your favorite female led project or which is your favorite favorite female focus. And it's like there can be more than one token female NFT project, right? Um and I don't I, I that's just par for course. That's just the type of thing that comes with this. It doesn't really bother me um in any way. Um I'm I'm feeling just super excited and, and you know, I've I've done things in my career where I've felt um for lack of a better word, like disenfranchised as a woman. And I'm like, you know, I'm a pretty privileged woman too. So I, yeah, it's it's sometimes I have to check myself. But I've, I've had moments where I felt like if I was a guy, this would have been different. Like, and that's probably true in many cases. Um, but I just haven't really felt that here. I think that what's neat is when you're walking in a space where there's, fewer of you if you're in the minority um the it, it, while there could be challenges it also um gives you a chance to uh stand out frankly um and so I see it from from that perspective like as board Becky I'm pretty pleased that she's one of the not so many female apes like I feel it's made things more interesting for me um and it's given me more visibility in that way. Right. So, um, you know what, I just, I just think that this space is, you you bring your attitude to it and you bring how you see opportunities, um, to it. And, and I think as long as you kind of are, you, you create, you create your own (laughs) you create your own you know everyone says you're like the average of the five people you spend the most time around well it's been really cool in this space is like I've met so many people that have um added so much depth to my life over the last year um there's good people out there and and whether you're just connecting to like learn from one another or you want someone to nerd out with because no one in your real life gets it um or you want to start you know visualizing dreaming some kind of your like your own project or initiative like like there's people out there you can do that with I think the biggest challenge in this space is just getting past the avatars and the fake names Um, and that's where the IRL stuff um, really does help because you know it's nice to meet people and get to know them and you know know who you can trust and and um, yeah yeah so I would encourage people to lean into that when when they can realizing that it's still tough (laughs) a little bit depending where you are.
1: For sure, and, and I appreciate that perspective. And I also think that connects beautifully to, you know, your origin story of of Board Becky as you know as the as the character as well that you kind of are representing. Because I think there is something kind of beautiful about that e- emerging. And and I think there's sometimes a misnomer around you know the the pseudonyms or the aliases that are that we can use. And and I will also say I think there's. You know the you know I, I like to put you know my my money where my mouth is in, in many different you know uh, you know areas and you know my good friend uh, Lindsay if anyone's following me over on Instagram uh, Lindsay is one that is without question one of the smartest humans that I've ever worked with and uh, has you know someone that I've been working with on influencer projects since 2014 and she was super excited to get into the NFT space and was asking me about great projects with great story and great art and you know her very first purchase last night where we were sitting at at Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, watching the football games, was a, a fame lady squad, and I, you know, watching her go through the art, and she was going through all all sorts of projects, um, you know, and asking me questions about like what's the story behind this, and and what does this mean, and how does this community look, and you know, I will say for those that are listening, you know, the, the floor price at the moment is 0.24. And, you know, an entry point into a a community and a project that has set the foundation for so many great projects, not just women-led projects, but for many great projects that, you know, I will say that, you know, being able to advocate for certain projects, knowing that there is a, a project success story that exists where, hey, this was kind of things were were leading down the wrong way and it could have been a money grab or a rug pull or, or kind of that idea of someone, you know, just kind of taking the money and letting it fizzle away. And yet, you know, not only is this project uh, you know alive and kicking, but is, you know, thriving and kind of that staple from those early days. So I, I definitely, you know, love to see so many of you know our listeners jump in on a lot of projects that, that we mentioned here we talk on the podcast and i think you know for me like part of it is you know when when someone looks at my bag and looks at the nfts that are in my collection you know i will say i i mentioned this the other day and i'll kind of wrap on this this for this episode you know there was a there was a project in my in my bag that was actually making some money and but it was giving me um I was uneasy with it. I did not like the way the project had come to life. Uh well, I didn 't really like the way the project was carrying themselves um, at the moment on on Twitter spaces on a regular basis and I felt you know for lack of a better word, you know I felt a little dirty in the sense of having that um, in my in my bag, which I know might sound like cliche or might sound weird, but you know for me, this is you know it's a bigger picture thing and I, and I truly do believe in you know, helping great people do great things. And I think great people, you know, connecting with great people through great communities is where so much of this innovation of this, you know, life-changing experiences can exist. And it doesn't mean you have to own 300 or 400 NFTs or a V friends or a Bored Ape. You can ultimately be welcomed into a community of all sizes, all shapes, and have that opportunity if you're willing, you know, to put in the time to discover great people and really kind of, you know, put yourself in that space. and And so I was very happy when I I kind of dumped that NFT project that I didn't like. I actually dumped it the other day. And the opposite is in in, in the case here, especially with like Fame Lady Squad and a couple of the NFTs that I got early on, where like I I take pride just in the fact that they're in my wallet and they're ones that you know I can not only you know, support great projects and great people, but also the fact that, you know, the space that whenever Fame Lady Squad dropped originally, you know, I wasn't in the space from a standpoint of wanting to you know, buy in at any rate that made any sense, and so I think for all of us, we can kind of identify uh, those things and that journey. And so, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. We will give a shout out. We'll put some links uh, to Fame Ladies Squad. We'll put some links in there to the podcast that you have as well, uh, as well as to your co-founders who are are there on this journey with you. I know uh, we can't do any of this alone. It is definitely a team effort. And you know, I would challenge everyone also that you know that are listening and. Maybe you have one NFT in your wallet and you're really focused on like what is next. You know, I would challenge everyone to also look in, you know, in your wallet and say, what can I do more to the community that's already there in my, in my bag? I think it's very easy for us to look at the next shiny object. And I, and I know for, for this project, the Mint 365 project, we're buying you know, a new Mint uh, phase NFT every single day. But in my personal bag, if you go and look at my personal bag, you'll notice that I'm reinvesting and oftentimes buying a lot of projects that have been around for a while but are are now either starting to get some uh eyeballs or hopefully you know i believe in like kind of what their you know foundation is and so i think this story to me was one that i was beyond excited to uh have on the podcast to kind of bring to light and when we said that we were going to kind of add you know one or two interviews a week to the podcast uh, this was on the top of my list of one that I wanted to get this story out. I wanted to be able to amplify and share that with uh, all of you, the listeners. So, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast side. I will say, if you're on Twitter and you can, uh, you end up seeing that we are doing these interviews live on Twitter Spaces. You do get a chance to ask some questions there. So, make sure to check us out on Twitter. It is NFT365 Podcast uh, on all the socials. We have that on all the social channels, and uh, you know, make sure you also you know recognize not only our sponsors but you know those that are their time and effort, you know, the least we can do is show, you know, spend a little bit of our social equity and our social currency, and and give people a follow. Follow the the fame. It's a fame underscore ladies on Twitter. They're always amplifying not only their community but other amazing projects, both women led and uh, other projects. And I think that is also an example for uh, other NFT projects uh, to lead with. So with that, I will uh, see you all tomorrow. Cheers. The show is not
0: financial-